greatest symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. era podcast i am your host jp john pause here on the two-man power trip of wrestling's podcasting empire on the tmpt feed each and every week here on the hogan era podcast we were talking about the greatest era in the history of professional wrestling 1984 to 1993 in the wwf a lot of people refer to it as the golden era but it is of course the hogan era without hogan don't know if all these other things are possible i don't know if vince mcmahon is a billionaire that we know him as today each and every week here on the hogan era podcast we're talking about some big time feuds some big time matches some big time moments 
in the world of the WWF in that Hogan era. And of course, during that era, the big feuds that the Hulkster had were the real precipice of making the ton of money that they did. And when you look at that era, there's so many great guys that he feuded with that we've been talking about on this week. Macho Man Randy Savage, Rowdy Roddy Piper, Andre the Giant, King Kong Bundy, Big John Studd, Kamala, Yokozuna, Earthquake, and the list goes on and on and on. This week, we will be talking about none other than Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Now, obviously, we'll be talking about Brutus Beefcake really more so because that was the feud before he became the barber when he joins the WBF in 1984 he's just Brutus Beefcake and he's doing that gimmick in 1987 when he turns babyface he will become the barber but we're going to be talking about mostly the feud when Hogan and Beefcake were feuding in 1984 and 1985 when they had about and and one match in 86 but they had about 20 world title matches believe it or not some of them drew very very well and then of course we'll you know we'll divulge and we'll talk a little bit about his tag team title not not tag title run but hogan and beefcake challenging for the tag titles against money inc and all their matches that they had as far as being a that wasn't the hogan era as well but really wanted to mainly focus on the feud between Hogan and Beefcake. Obviously, as everybody knows, Hogan and Beefcake, long-time friends. They met in the late 70s, and they would be buddies and best friends ever since. They had some, you know, many, many years later, and, and not that many years removed from where we are today. They had a bit of a breakup, but they've seemed to patch things together and are kind of back together and, and friends once again. Just very kind of interesting relationship that they always had was that it seemed like hogan always made sure that beefcake was well taken care of and that he always was treated well so you know people rip hogan and say oh he's just out to help his friends well if you look at it the other way around pretty damn loyal to his friends and it'll help his friends no matter what i mean that's kind of what a lot of guys do in the business try to get their friends jobs or try to help their friends or you know whatever but they're gonna try to help out who you know their loved ones or, or their friends and they're going to try to help them you know, make money for their families and really help them out because of loyalty and if you look at hulkster he was loyal maybe loyal to a fault and you could say oh he's helping them politically and all this other stuff but yeah he is helping them because he's friends with them and he's loyal to them so if you're friends with him and he's being loyal to him you gotta love the hulkster he did so much for not only the business but so much for a guy like Beefcake. And when he gets into the WBF, it's because of Hulk Hogan. So, yes, you know, Hogan is in the WBF and he really kind of, you know, makes his re debut in 1984. Well, look who follows him not that far after. Brutus Beefcake makes his debut in 84. It would be a few months later. I know Hogan debuts in January, but once Hogan is the world champion, he defeats Iron Sheik January 23rd, 1984 at MSG. Then he, you know, becomes this big star, becomes the cash cow. Then he can start being a little bit more political and calling his own shots and bringing his friends in. And that's where he brings in Beefcake in basically late 1984. Of course, Brutus Beefcake is one of his many names. If you go through the history (laughs) of his career, it is insane how many names he had. I mean, the big brother Booty, the Booty Man, Brother Brudi, Brute Force, uh, Baron Beefcake, the Butcher, the Clipmaster, Disciple, dizzy 
Golden, Dizzy Hogan, Ed Boulder, Eddie Golden, Eddie Hogan, the Mariner, the man with no face, the man with no name, the Zodiac. And it goes on and on and on. It was just crazy how many gimmicks uh, and names he had in his group. But the real one that stuck out more so than anybody else and for about 10 years from 1984 to 1993 was Brutus Beefcake. And I think that's the name everybody really associates with him. Even when he was in WCW, you kind of always called him Brutai or Brother Brutai or wanted to call him Brutus Beefcake, even though he has some awful names over there. And, and I named a bunch of them. But man, just with him, it felt like Brutus Beefcake was the name that really stuck. And I know Vince owned it, so he couldn't bring it over to WCW, but everyone remembers him for being Brutus and even further than that, Brutus the Barber. So with the entrance into WWF, he's managed, of course, by luscious Johnny V. And he really had a feud that started with David Sammartino. And if you remember, they fought to a double DQ at the inaugural WrestleMania at MSG. So, you know, he's there for basically it all. You know, he's there from, from the beginning of the Hogan era, essentially. And he's making a real big name for himself. And he's obviously getting a big match at the first ever WrestleMania and that and that's just huge and obviously if you're part of the first WrestleMania I mentioned this before in the show you will go down in history those guys are like lore you know it will go down in lore I mean it's just the mystique of the first WrestleMania everybody remembers those names and those guys will never ever be forgotten so really if you go to the summer of 1985 beefcake would start teaming with greg the hammer valentine they'd be known as the uh, dream team and they would soon begin challenging the u.s express for the wbf tag team championship the dream team won the titles after uh, you know some chicanery from beefcake and johnny valiant to help him and valentine win the title they would end up defeating you obviously like i just mentioned u.s express they end up defending the belts for about eight months primarily against the U.S. Express, but Dan Spivey had been replacing Barry Windham at this point, and they end up losing to the British Bulldogs at WrestleMania 2, and they lose the uh, tag titles. So one big tag title run for Beefcake, and obviously it's with Valentine, a part of the Dream Team. Then, of course, much, much later on, 2019, he is inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. But his real WWF debut was in Manalapan, New Jersey, not that far away from my house. He loses to Frank Savage at a house show event. And that match probably went about 11 minutes or so. But that was all the way back in June 19, 1980, when he was Ed Boulder at that point. So just interesting to note that that was his real debut with 1985. He makes his return in 84, 85, 1984, and he defeats Salvatore Balomo. So as I'm kind of talking and going through and beefcake eventually would team up with Valentine, but before even that happens, he does start his feud with the immortal Hulk Hogan. 12, 26, 1984 at the James L Knight center in Miami, Florida Hulk Hogan defeats Brutus the Barber Beefcake defending the WWF World Heavyweight title. They have another match 1227 day later this time in Keel Auditorium in St. Louis, Missouri. Hogan of course defeats Beefcake there as well. They have a, a tag team $50,000 battle royal at a house show at the Capitol Center in Landover, Maryland on 2/9 1985. Hulk Hogan and Hillbilly Jim end up winning the $50,000 bounty, end up winning all that money at part of the tag battle royal. 
Beefcake's partner for this was, of course, his manager, Johnny V. Johnny Valiant was his partner in that match. 215-1985 is when Hogan and the Beefcake himself have a rematch for the world title at a house show at the convention center in Cleveland, Ohio. Of course, Hogan gets the win there. They have a TV match at the Philly Spectrum, 2-16-1985 on the Prism Network in Philly. And Hogan wins in about 10 minutes defending the title. They would then have some matches in San Diego, California. Hogan wins there at a house show. They actually have a match in Chicago, Illinois on 3-3-1985 where Beefcake defeats Hogan in Chicago. So, wow, you know, he's getting a win there by countout. They have another match a few weeks later in Providence, Rhode Island, where Beefcake defeats Hogan by countout there. Then we go to the Riverfront Coliseum in Cincinnati, Ohio. Hogan defeats Beefcake by DQ. Then they have a rematch, 324-85 in Chicago, and Hogan and Beefcake go to a draw. So they're really building up uh, Chicago here, and they're kind of really kind of leading into hopefully uh, you know a big rematch here because they're keeping him strong for some reason here. And I'm not really sure why, but they're keeping him very, very strong. They go 4-18-1985, Landover, Maryland. Hogan will defeat Beefcake there. In the rematch in Providence, Hogan defeats Beefcake on 4-25-84 to defend the title. Then another rematch here, this time Cincinnati, Ohio. Hogan defeats Beefcake there, defending the title. They go to the Kemper Arena in Kansas City, Missouri, where Hogan wins. They go to Oakland. Hogan beats him again. They go to the Sports Arena in Los Angeles, California, where Hogan gets a big-time victory there. We go 8-2-1985, the summer of 85. Hogan defeats Beefcake in my home arena, the Brendan Byrne Arena in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Then they have a big match, 8-9-1985, at the Civic Arena in Pittsburgh, PA. Hogan would defeat Beefcake in about 12 minutes. Then they have a dark match, part of the primetime taping in Capitol Center in Landover, Maryland, on 8-17-1985, where Hogan would defeat Beefcake Beefcake, excuse me, in 12 minutes and 30 seconds. Then they have a match in Hartford, Connecticut and Baltimore, Maryland. Of course, Hogan will get both victories there. The big match I think that everybody remembers would probably be the Philly Spectrum match because that was available on TV and that's all over YouTube. So go out of your way to see that one. Very interesting stuff to kind of see an early Beefcake doing the heel gimmick and working Hogan in this manner. Hogan obviously loved Bruce the Barber and would want to, you know, wrestle him, put him over. He's his friend. And he kind of made a strong case for saying to Kevin Sullivan many years later of why he wanted to feud with him at Starcade 94. And that to be the big match for the title, which did not draw well, which kind of Sullivan kind of thought. But Hogan made the point of, hey, we sold out, you know, Landover, Maryland. We sold Hartford. We sold out Philly Spectrum. I think we would do well. Of course, I think Hogan was the main reason most of those shows out. Beefcake was good window dressing, and he's a good guy to challenge for the title, but I don't think he's like necessarily the reason why you're drawing these big houses. It was definitely due to the power of Hulkamania at that point. But just wanted to mention 9-8-85 in Hartford, Connecticut, is the last match that they had in, in a long series of matches until one five eighty six, which would be the final world heavyweight title match for Beefcake in Baltimore, Maryland at the Civic Arena. Of course, Hogan wins that one as well. Then after that, they don't have another singles match until WCW and really until Starcade 94 when the Butcher reveals himself to be the man that's been attacking or, or you know going to destroy Hulkamania and attacking him. And of course, he would join the three faces of fear along with Kevin Sullivan Avalanche. But that's WCW. That's after the Hogan era. 
but it's interesting to note that 84, 85, 86 beefcake is getting world heavyweight championship matches all over the United States. So obviously, you know, they saw some money in, in him and some value in there because you just don't have anybody just challenging the Hulkster for the world title just out of, out of nowhere here. So, you mean, obviously there is value in beefcake and he can draw. He's just not a main event player to me, like main eventing Starcade or main eventing a show of that magnitude is pushing it. WWF never had him do it. He shouldn't have done WCW. Obviously power play Hogan is helping his friend out politically, but he's a great upper mid Carter. He's very memorable. Everybody knows Bruce beefcake. If you say, Hey, you know, do you guys remember his barber? Everybody remembers him. So he's a name. He has value. He has look, he was a pretty good worker. He knew what he was doing out there. He knew how to get over it. And even when he's a heel, he knew how to get heat. So he was a good opponent for Hogan. He was good on the upper mid card, perhaps not needing to be in any, any sort of main events of big magnitude, but you know, how show main events and stuff, he could do well. And he did draw, you know, very, very well as far as then at that point for Vince and for WB and for those shows. So if you think about the Hogan era with him and Beefcake, the next time they're in the ring together would be Royal Rumble 1989, 1-15-89, of course, in the Summit, Houston, Texas, big time Royal Rumble, great Royal Rumble, one of my favorites. Big John Stud gets the victory there, but him and Beefcake, Hogan and Beefcake, obviously both in that match together. Part of Beefcake's baby face turn, which he did in 1987 when he becomes the barber and really gets super over with the crowd. He then starts teaming with the Hulkster, 829-1989. SummerSlam, feel the heat, Hogan and Beefcake defeat Macho Man and Zeus, Meadowlands Arena in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Of course, 12-12-89 is the match and the movie, No Hold Barred, Nashville Municipal Auditorium in Nashville, Tennessee. Hogan and Beefcake defeat Randy Savage and Zeus in a No Holds Barred steel cage match. Hogan and Beefcake defeat Mr. Perfect and the Genius in about 16 minutes on 2-19-1990 at MSG in New York City on the MSG network. Of course, they'd have a rematch in L.A., and San Diego and Richfield, Ohio. Hogan and Beefcake get all the victories there and all the wins there. 3 9, 1993, the Mega Maniacs now that they're being called. Hogan and Beefcake defeat the Beverly Brothers in seven minutes, part of a challenge taping in Augusta, Georgia. On a house show 10 days later, the Mega Maniacs defeat Money Inc., Erwin R. Scheister, and Ted DiBiase in Lakeland, Florida. Then, of course, that all is a part of the lead-up to 4-4-93. WrestleMania 9, the biggest stars in the world, are coming to Las Vegas. Caesars Palace, Las Vegas, Nevada. Money, Inc., IRS, and Ted DiBiase defeat the Mega Maniacs, Bruce Beefcake, and Hulk Hogan by DQ. Match goes about 18 minutes and 30 seconds. Of course, Hogan comes back out later in the night and defeats Yokozuna for the World Heavyweight Championship. They'll have a rematch of that match in Pittsburgh, PA. The Mega Maniacs get the win there. They'll have another match at the Brendan Byrne Arena, a.k.a. the Meadowlands, and East Rutherford, New Jersey, where the Mega Maniacs get the win there as well. Interesting to note, 522-93 at this show. I was at this show. And the reason I went was obviously because of the Hulkster. Great house show. We're going to probably go into this in, in later depths later on. It wasn't sold out or anything. It was, it was like a midday house show because they had another show that night uh, in Philly. But it was it was great. About 11,000, 12,000 people in attendance. Interesting to note, Macho Man Randy Savage defeated Giant Gonzalez in a very rare match on that show as well. But, of course, the main event, the Mega Maniacs defeating Money, Inc., 
in the WWF World Tag Team title match, but they won via DQ. They'll have a rematch in Philly, like I said, that same day. Same result. Hogan Beefcake win by DQ. Basically that same card. On a house show with Sergeant Slaughter as the referee in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, 6-4-93. Mega Maniacs win by DQ. And, of course, Mega Maniacs win by DQ again in Minneapolis. They'll win again in Knickerbocker Arena in Albany, New York by DQ. Richmond, Virginia by DQ. Kind of rinse and repeat here with this match. They'll have Slaughter come back, referee in Indianapolis, Indiana. Mega Maniacs again beat Money, Inc. by DQ. Then there's a dark match, part of Wrestling Challenge in Columbus, Ohio. Same result, DQ. And then finally, we have another match. The last match for the Mega Maniacs together as they defeat Money, Inc., Via pinfall at the Boston Garden in Boston, Mass, 626-1993. Like I mentioned, Sergeant Slaughter was a special guest referee for that one. So that's really the last time Hogan and Beefcake would be teaming there in WWF in the Hogan era. As far as Beefcake himself, his last match was 8-6-1993, part of the summer tour which is funny as they call that because it was actually, if you look at the ticket, because I own one of the tickets, I, I bought one. It is actually referred to as the Hulkamania tour. And that was, of course, when Hogan was fighting Yokozuna. Brutus DeBar Beefcake is defeating Terry Taylor pretty much every night of the tour. It's actually a pretty good tour, too, because Hogan defeats Yokozuna, who is the world champion, but he's basically beating him by DQ every night. Owen's on the show and... Uh, Tito Santana and Bam Bam. So it's, it's a pretty good card as they go through over there in England. Interesting to note, too, the Predator is on a lot of these shows as well. The Predator, of course, is Horace Hogan. So young Horace Hogan in 93, as Hogan obviously brought him over with him and is getting him some work on that tour. But the last match in WWF was against Terry Taylor. Beefcake gets the win, a part of the Hulkamania tour so really i mean there's much more to kind of divulge you get into as far as in teaming but i think that will be a different story for a different day as far as feuding each one of those nice intermediary house show feuds that hogan can have from time to time sell out some house shows keep hogan fresh keep his villains fresh and keep the crowd fresh keep them into the hogan era and keep them into hulkamania because obviously he was the draw and he was selling out everywhere so that's pretty much that's pretty much it for this week. Just want to also mention previous week we were talking about Jesse Ventura and that feud. So it's interesting to note they had a match Hogan, excuse me, uh, Jesse Ventura and Roddy Piper in 1990. And Ventura came out of retirement to wrestle with Piper against Orient Express, and they get the win. It was the first match in a house show in L.A. And it's funny because I was looking into it even further and, and reading a lot, what a lot of people thought about it, and I remember I was shocked about it because I didn't know that they had a match. And I didn't know Ventura came out of um, retirement in 1990 to do this match. I didn't know. It was taped a part of a TV series, and it was the pilot. So the show was called Tag Team, and Ventura and Piper were going to be cops, and it was going to be like this buddy duo show. So they actually taped a real match, and obviously they edited it together for the show, but they taped a real match with Piper and Ventura, who's taking bumps and doing everything else, and they're using weapons and everything else in a pretty damn good match against the Orient Express. So just want to throw that out there, a little tidbit, something very interesting that uh, did some research, and then you know find out weeks later, even more research needed to be done that they had this 
cool match, Ventura and Piper versus Dorn Express in 1990 in L.A., but it was all a part of Tag Team, the little buddy comedy, or not really comedy, but buddy cop duo show that Ventura and Piper were trying to put out that only really made a pilot. So interesting stuff there. You always hear some interesting stuff and tidbits here on the Hogan Era Podcast. But I'd like to thank everybody for listening. I want to hit the plugs real quick. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Two Man Power Trip. Check out the website, tmptempire.com. And please hit Patreon, patreon.com slash tmptempire. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. We'll see you right back here next week for the Hogan Era Podcast. We'll see you next week. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash tmptempire to become a patron. And also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two Man Power Trip, where the power lies brother. This is Cal Rudman, and we are about to interview a gentleman who is going to face that guy, Brutus Fruitcake, the guy that did this to me, you all saw it right here on television. He bench pressed me up, picking on little rock and rollers like me. Hulk Hogan, boy, I'm counting on you to TCB, take care of some stone business. <laughs> you don't kill her, Cal. TCB, Daddy, Philadelphia Spectrum, that's what we're all about, brother. You know, my man Killer here, we're not used to being in Philadelphia at 2 in the afternoon, brother, because usually we're hanging and banging, Daddy. We're training, you know. And the thing is, not only did we miss our workout today, Cal, I missed a meal, brother, and I needed some rocket fuel. You're hungry. I'm hungry, Daddy. Hungry. And I'm eating some fruitcake this afternoon. But the thing is, <laughs> killer Cal, you know, the way things go in Philadelphia, everybody knows the Hawks don't mind getting busted up a bit. Neither does killer Cal. I don't mind. As we're going to talk about in a minute. But the thing is, you know, I need a lot of gasoline, man, when I get out in that ring. And when I was soaring around Philadelphia today with the 24s pythons, man, soaring high up above, I was thinking, what's got me so high, man? What am I running on? What is the power underneath my wings, brother? Well, the people of Philadelphia, you're the wind, brother. You're the wind underneath these wings, daddy. You're the gasoline I need to run on. So when we step out in the ring today, me, Killer Cal, and my main man, the hillbilly, He's going to be at my side. All when we right. step in the ring, all I need, Philadelphia, is to get behind us one more time, and I'll show you what a goof this Brutus fruitcake is. And one other thing, my man Killer Cow, this is personal, brother. You've been hanging and banging, training with me day and night. And about four months ago, my man Killer Cow was sneak attacked, Pearl Harvard from behind. Brutus Beefcake, brother, he's the dude that put the cast on my man's wrist. And I'm going to take that out of his rear end just for you, Cal. Oh. I appreciate that very much, really. Well, you know, the way things are going around Philadelphia, I got a feeling you and me are going to be around for a long time, killer. But one thing, man, we got to get you off these crutches here, man. You were involved in the rock wrestling connection in Madison Square Garden when Roddy Roddy Piper put the boots to Cindy Lauper. Me and Cal were racing for the ring when Piper, one of his bodyguards, knocked Cal down. But that's cool. That's all in due time. We're going to get you back right now. Philadelphia Spectrum, 2 in the afternoon, man. Hulkamania is running wild. No workout, no food. 
Brutus Fruitcake. You're going down, brother. The hillbilly's gonna watch my back. If luscious Johnny Valiant happens to step in the ring, he might get a big hillbilly choking him around the neck, or Killer Cal might wrap one of these crutches around his neck. But whatever it is, brother, what you gonna do when the Hulkamania and Killer Cal's running wild on you? Thank you, bro. We'll be right back, and you're gonna see what happens. times anyway to have something very very special to conclude our wrestling we've got it now it'll be the main event and uh, there's the hawker back by the dressing room pat patterson on the telephone there's tony atlas you can see him larry rubin pr for the spectrum oh and there it is hawker i am the tiger i am the tiger He'll be going down the tunnel in just a moment. The hookster on the way. Will this crowd catch a sight of him? Let's watch and let's listen. Everybody on their feet.
tell you, you, you look at Hulk Hogan, it's got to be like, got to be on the railroad tracks looking at a runaway freight. Here he comes. Whew. The Hulkster, you talk about fans. He's got them wherever he goes. In Philadelphia, do they idolize him? He's gonna fight himself. He's so upset. Beefcake, take my advice. Go the other way. Well, this guy's someone to reckon with in his own right. Take a powerful individual. Yes, he is. But uh, he's shaking. Look, look, he's so upset. He didn't get to be number one challenger. Didn't get a shot at this title because he doesn't have it all together. He does. He really does. But I'll tell you, the fans, the fans are blowing his mind. And Hulk's there, come on, right here, right in the middle. Golden opportunity here for Brutus. If Chance he does, of a lifetime. Really, if he doesn't take advantage of this every way he can. Well, a little test of strength here, pushing and shoving. I pushed and shoving, I don't know. From a collar and elbow position here. Jump the hooker, huh? Jump the hooker. Hulk surprise. Just standing in a corner stunt. <laughs> Hulk's gonna pay him, pay him back, I think for that. At least that's what he has on his mind. I'll tell you, people, people not leaving this spectrum, man, they're going to watch a happening. That particular move gave a lot of confidence to Brutus Beefcake. Now, look, he went to tie up. The Hulkster went to tie up, and he just sidestepped him and gave his little shuffle. Well, the Hulkster is saying, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Who is this upstart? All right. Well, as you said, he had to come through a lot of guys to get to where he is. Dude. He did, so you got to give his due. <laughs> oh, Woo! the fans are loving this to death. Oh, look at this demonstration by the host. He rammed him right into the turnbuckle. Look at these shots. Woo! Follows him right in with an elbow. <laughs> Look at Brutus, doesn't know where he is. He doesn't, man. He is gone. Plus, this one going around to help, but the Hulkster's not waiting. Oh! He's dropping the big elbow. Yes! This may be over before it begins. The Hulk's loving it. And so is the crowd. Unfortunately, at the expense oh! of Brutus. Oh! Yeah, the Hulkster. I never, side headlock, I never seem to be amazed. 
Baxter builds up ahead of Steve, and then, boy, you better back off. Just like a hurricane. Champ goes out, and it's not beefcake. Well, again, he's the number one challenger, so you can't rule him out. Oh, well, that knee up, pounding on the holster. Again, down goes the holster. Luscious John right in shouting distance to his man. Coming well, up to put the boots to him. Well, this is payback time for Brutus Beefcake. He comes tearing along and pounding down the back of the head of individual this guy can hurt you in a lot of ways and don't forget that patented flying knee of his that's knocked so many guys right in the middle of next week Curtis now up on top inside on the second turnbuckle waiting for the big guy to come up oh wow, what a flying elbow he brought it to it Hulkster down right in the center of the ring and he's hurting and Brutus relentless right on top of him uh oh the Hulk said, wait a minute. Whoa. He's getting charged. His batteries are getting charged, man. Oh, he blocked that move. <laughs> Diane right there telling him, send him in. But no, the oh. tables have been turned. The Hulkster is gone crazy. Besides the bull that neck and he's had enough. There's no stopping him, boy. He, he just turns on the juice. He pulled the plug on Beefcake. Big slam. Big slam is right. Elbow. And elbow. What do we have next? He would have went for three, but Brutus <laughs> sat up. Boom. Taking it to him. Brutus going to go for a ride here. No, reversal. Hulkster in heavy and followed right in. What a vicious clothesline. It looked like it bounced his head off the top of the ring corner. Look at the leverage here being applied by Brutus and the referee Joe Morello right on top of him with the count, forcing him to break that before the five count. But the Hulk got hit right in the esophagus stick, and that could take a lot out of well, you. Well, Luscious is waving the jacket, the gold jacket of beef stick. Using those forearm wraps now, raking him across the eyes of the Hulk. Well, he can smell blood. He can smell the change of the belt. He can smell that championship. Maybe we're seeing his history happening here at the Spectrum. Hulkster down on his back in the center ring, down for the count. Forget it. He's Whoa. not going to Slipped just right out the back door. He just about made it, man. fearful this point in time what momentum he had on that move as he came off the ropes look at this plate plate choke. Choke hold. right for the throat forget it not going to win the title that way my friend pulling up those forearm wraps slam yes he picked the big guy up power Whoa. slam this might be it Oh, he didn't have the presence of mind to hook the leg, Dick. Golden opportunity blown there. And Rush John's upset that he should have had him. 
Still dropping that heavy artillery on the holster. Baby, who's down right in the Oh, man. Another One, cover. Two. Almost three. Uh-oh. Look out. Look at the holster pulling on deck. Blocked that one, a big right hand, and another one. Another one. And in for the ride goes the Brutus. Wow. Size 14 right in the kisser. Oh, big body slam. Big leg drop coming up. Yes. I don't know, man. It's the beginning of the end. Look out. Lush is gone up on the apron. Hulkster went after him, but couldn't reach him. Now he's got him. Look out. Wow. Right into the back of the hook. Down for the cover. Hey, no. Johnson. The leg. Leg outside. Look oh. at John thinks he won. He grabbed the belt. He thinks he won. Hulk Hogan's right leg. No way. Outside the leg. Look, they think they won the title. Referee trying to explain to him that he didn't. Look out. Backslide. He got us. Okay. 
buddies. Look at them. They're enjoying every moment of this.